Welcome to the She Builds Show. I'm your host, Stephanie Olson, a licensed general contractor who builds new construction, renovates, and designs your vision. Today, more than ever, we need raw, authentic women who are willing to rise above society's norms, break those glass ceilings, and encourage each other to boldly build the life we were meant to live. So honey, what are you building? Okay, welcome to the She Build Show. We have a fantastic guest today, Julie Lawton. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be here. Absolutely. Okay, so can you just introduce yourself a little bit and tell like the audience what you do? Okay, my name is Julie Lawton. I'm a designer turned general contractor. So I started my career in New York City working with architects as you know an architectural draftsman. And I went to college for architecture, landscape architecture, and interior design, just so you know. So I did all three, but I landed with the focus on interior design and space planning and how humans live and work in their dwelling, you know, the whole, how it comes together. So I have an architecture and interior design background, and then I became a licensed general contractor after moving to California. Right, which is like the hardest place to get your license. Oh, yeah. I took the test and I was kind of freaked out because I went to college for like six years, whatever. You know, I'm good at books, but I freaked me out to take that test. And they told me I got the highest score ever and I took it in the fastest time anyone has ever taken it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I thought, okay, good. That's a relief. (laughs) How long ago was it that you took that test? 2006. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. It was funny because all the stuff on there was not in the books is what I learned standing in the dirt in New York City. Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of it. It's very different than any other exam I've ever taken. Thank you. Isn't it? It's weird. It is weird. It was hard. I thought it was hard. (laughs) I thought it was hard, but I recognized questions that I thought, oh, this is going to save me because it's like, I actually remember this stuff. Right. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, so how long have you been in business and how did you start? Like, why did you want to become a general contractor? Like, what led you to that? Okay, so what it is is I was in commercial before where it was very organized. Everybody had their role and it was just a beautiful thing. New York City, top five developers, biggest contractors in the world. We had our place, they had their place. It was beautiful, organized rules followed. Then I moved to California and decided to switch to residential because I like to draw. So I was designing and selling and having custom kitchens built by some craftsman dude from Germany who didn't speak English. So I was in knee deep with all these wonderful craftsmen doing my thing, drawing, designing, and getting kitchens built. And that led me to be in about a thousand homes, it seemed like, over the first couple of years. I mean, it was just endless supply of clients. And I was in there as their designer with residential, mostly remodeling. And I witnessed horror stories of the contractor the and the architect and people dropping the ball and not helping the client, working against the client, and then, you know, charging money in advance for things and jobs not permitted. I saw about everything you can imagine that would, I call a nightmare scenario. So after about 10 years, it took me about 10 years to say, oh my God, I just need to be the contractor because I want to solve these problems for my client. And I want to sleep at night, and not have to worry who's going to you know, rip off the client next because I'm used right. to things actually working professionally in order and everybody does their job. That's how I saw it commercially. But in residential, it was a free for all. So I became the contractor and overnight my life changed and my client's world changed and I could relax and things were done right and legally 
and on time and nobody got screwed with the money anymore because I just took it over. So it was kind of neat because I became 10 times more responsible, but I liked that. But I was in charge and I saved the client. It was all about saving the client because mm-hmm. they're lost. The clients are lost. They shouldn't be put in charge of managing people, especially unmanageable people. That's incredible. And I think that that is kind of my story as well. Like I got to the point where I was just frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> like I just can't deal. I'm like, I can do this and I have enough experience to do it. And I know what I'm doing and it's not, you know, it's, you have to be a detailed person to be able yes. to manage this many people and that many things going on. I think a lot of people don't recognize the fact that you can actually create so much positive change in your life from being angry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there you go. I kind of joked about that this morning because I only get angry when things don't go right. I don't get angry for no reason at all. I want to see things right. I want to help people and you can't help people. If you have someone you can't control, that was what was happening. But yeah, it's amazing what that drive does. It's amazing. And It's all about making it better, you know, and actually helping people. What's one of the projects that maybe you just never thought you would do? Like what has anything like blown your mind? And because I mean, you've been in this industry for way longer than I have and down in you're in Mm -hmm. down in LA and you see some pretty incredible things. I'm sure that me up here in little old Chico doesn't get to see (laughs) or experience. Well, (laughs) what would be something like that? Well, I like challenging projects. So all my remodels are challenging because it's usually things contractors, other contractors pass on because they just want to rip the house down and rebuild it. So I did a couple of houses on the peninsula where I saved the second story above the garage and did the whole new house new on the first story. So I stilted up temp walls and then put the foundation back and the footings back and the, and the slab back, you know, in order and then set the house back down on it. So that was kind of fun, you know, oh things my like gosh. that. Yeah, <laughs> and the neighbors freaked out because the walls were gone downstairs and the garage, the second story cottage was just being held up by 10 temp- temporary walls. So they all freaked out, but it was kind of fun because then you just hook it back to the footings and then you pour the slab. So it was quite simple, but those were fun. And then I had another one I designed for this guy that had a little bit of too much money and he wanted a pickerball court on the bottom of the house, which is the first story on the water. So he wanted a sunken pickerball court and then a 42-foot stainless swimming pool on the roof. So getting this designed, it turned out that I came up with a waterproof foundation 20 feet deep with 238 chemically grounded caissons overlapping each other at 36 inches wide, overlapping so that we could dig out the pickerball court and not have the ocean water at seven feet below flooding or the Santa Ana River 12 feet below flooding our job site and causing a collapse of the two homes on the left and right side. So oh my gosh, that's the intense. New- <laughs> the city of Newport, oh, it was. And then the, and the scary part was, is it could have happened. So the thing is the city of Newport kind of patted me on the back because I was the first person to come up with a waterproof foundation because all the other guys just pour regular concrete and have to pump the ocean every time the tide rises. What a waste of time. So I came up with the chemical grotted one and it, it's soft enough to excavate the first week and then you don't have any water issues and no flooding and it makes the city happy because you don't flood the alley. Right. Oh my so gosh, that was, that's incredible. That was, yeah, it's a $1.2 million foundation. Most people wouldn't pay for that, but you know, it's, uh, it was it's, just- It's Newport. <laughs> it's Newport and it's on the water and it was a playhouse for the client. 
and the working with the engineers was my favorite part because the details, it took us like six months to work out everything in advance. The pre-construction was over the top. Wow. Over the top. And the that reports. Is and, yeah. Incredible. That I enjoyed that. It was like, I felt that's where I feel good is the architecture and the engineering because solving problems because you know, clicking the paint colors and putting the cabinets is, is quite simple. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Something a little bit more uh, critically challenging, I'm sure. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's way over my head. My goodness. We don't no. have the ocean to deal with. Yeah. I, I'm an expert at working in the sand because the minute you dig down three feet, you're hitting water, you know, and work, putting pouring foundations in the sand is totally different than the dirt. And we're experts at it because I've done like 40 homes on the peninsula and 12 of them are within three blocks of each other. So all my clients know each other. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> right. I feel like They're that happens. I was telling my husband that this morning. I, he goes, oh, I go, oh, I have to. He goes, what are you doing today? And I'm like, oh, I have to go, you know, to a client's house down the road. And I go, yeah, my, I made like a joke. I'm like, my requirement is everything, every job that I do has to be within a mile of where I live. <laughs> everybody just tells everybody when you do a good job. Well, that's you know? just it. Yeah. And that's what you want. Because I just, I noticed that over the years, I realized I have two areas, you know, Laguna and the Belleville Peninsula. I don't even, you know, venture. I mean, it's funny. Yeah. I'm centralized. Definitely. in a couple Absolutely. spots. So what does your crew look like and your just kind of like your business structure? I'm just curious, you know, it sounds, sounds oh, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that you maybe do, you know, longer, bigger projects and fewer of them. Is that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yes. how, yes. what is your, you know, like your business structure look like just for somebody of your scale? Okay. So what it is, is I'm a designer and I do the architecture because I don't have to have an architecture license. I chose not to do that because it complicates things, but, and I don't need it. So I do the architecture, the design, and manage five engineers to get a house built under the one corporation, which is Julie Lawton Design Build. And then I have the second corporation, which is Julie Lawton General Contractor, JLGC. So back to back, those two companies work side by side. And I usually have seven jobs on the table and seven jobs in the field. It's always like that magic number. So what it is, is my structure is I try to take on projects that are not less than half a million because it takes just as much time to boil a half a pound of pasta as it does two pounds of pasta. You know what I mean? So I can't yes. afford to work on the 500 or less because I spent, I can't make it financially right. and it, it burns up our time. So I try to do 500 to a million in the remodels as a minimum. And then the new homes are one, two, three, and four or 5 million. And when I was talking about the pickerball court, that was 6 million. So the point is there's a range from one to five, but there's a whole lot more of the 500 to 1 million than there are of the, you know, two yeah, to four. Yeah. There's two of the big ones right now and seven of the little ones. How's that? Perfect. How many people in the construction business? So you have five engineers in the design build. And then how uh -huh. many people do you have on staff with the construction side? So what it is, is I have two girls. One of them does all the billing for both corporations. And she's like my personal assistant, but executive assistant. So she's right next to me. Then I have another girl that just does the design QuickBooks. And then I have another girl that just does the JLGGC QuickBooks. So I got two counting money on each company. Then I got the girl right next to me. Then I got two guys in the field that one runs errands and just covers me all the little stuff I used to do. And then I got another guy that helps me with project management by just simply typing those schedules because I don't have time to sit at the computer and enter the data anymore. Right. And then I got two guys one of them's Richard. He's dirt to drywall management. 
And the other one's Eloy, drywall to set and finish management. So they help me talk to the subs, but I still run the subs because I'm the designer. So the thing is with me, it's a little different because I drew the plans. So I have to be there to answer the questions because they're my plans. And then I have three draftsmen that take the plans to the city and pull the permit for me. So I got those on both companies too, because I used to draw the plans myself, submit them to the city myself, and then pull the permit. All those hours I gave up during COVID finally, because we couldn't get to the city. And I thought, oh my God, this is a miracle. We can do this all via email now. So then I stopped going to the city and all my girls at the city miss me because, you know, we like to gossip about, you know, my hairstyle or whatever's going on. It would be just gossip. (laughs) But I stopped going to the city because it was too much time. So with the three draftsmen and I have 20, you know, 19 employees. So you got the six people right around me, three draftsmen. And then I have my workers. So my company handles everything from demo to carpet framing, concrete, finished carpentry, painting, and drywall so we can move from job to job to job. But then, of course, I have to have a drywaller and a painting company for the bigger jobs so we can actually manage the remodels with my employees. With your in, yeah, your internal crew. Yeah. And then the, and the new construction, of course, I bring in a concrete company because right. we can do all the footings and the everything we want in-house. We got the concrete guys. We're good. But when we go to do bigger jobs, I bring in a concrete sub and all that good stuff. And then all the rest are subs. So waterproof for the, you know, the cabinet guy, the electrician, the plumber, the HVAC, the roofer, the sheet metal, you know, they're all subs, of course, always. And and then we have safety meetings every month and we do all these extra training. So we have good insurance and good safety meeting and OSHA stuff, you know, and the OSHA 300 reports every week. So we're on it because as a female, I'm totally, you know, I want to be the best. Right. And I want to follow all the rules. And I just know. Triple. I'm the same way. Right. <laughs> I think it's a woman thing. Why skip it? Because you're going to get bit in the, you know what, bit in the ass later if you don't. You know, that's just how life works. Absolutely. So, I know yeah. my crew, we're doing this just like small bathroom right now. And all we're doing is changing out the tile. And one of my team members was like, oh, well, we don't need to get a permit. And I was like, yes, we do. Like, even if it's one inspection for, you know, your shower pan inspection and we don't need to, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like I don't ever want anything to ever come back to me saying I didn't do the right thing. Me too, because the minute that thing leaks, because maybe they drop a f***ing hammer on it and then you're going to be in trouble. Yes, it is. And that's what people don't understand because I swear... In this business, if you, I've been in it 35 years, I swear there is 10% good ones and 90% bad. And that's why the CLB, you know, you know, can arrest people. I swear, because you see so many people cutting corners. I don't understand why. So I've made an effort just so you know, maybe because I'm a woman, to reach out to the good contractors and drop the walls. Let's talk. What are you guys doing? What are we doing? I'll refer you to jobs I don't want. You can refer me, but it's really about communicating with the good guys so we can stay strong because there's a lot of bad ones, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I hate I, that. You know, with the amount of time you've been in the industry, did you like know that you wanted to be in construction? And did you face, like, do you have any, you know, insight of the difference between, you know, maybe when you started and then now as just a yeah. woman in the industry? Oh, yeah. seen things change what's kind of been your biggest struggle there or I mean to me people always ask me that and I'm like I don't really care like I'm just doing what I'm doing and I'm trying yes. to make a difference 
but you know, and if people have a problem with me, like then they haven't spent enough time with me to learn that, like, I do know what I'm talking about. And if I don't, I won't pretend, but I think I'd love to hear from your perspective, kind of what your experience has been. Well, I am like you and I have a cousin. Her name is Haley Deegan. She's a race car driver because her dad's like metal militia motorcycle, but she was a first NASCAR driver. And there's another one too, but she said, it's not because I'm a woman. It's because I'm a good driver. Okay. And I did the homework and I practice. Okay. So that's my philosophy. It's not man or woman. It's doing the job right. Because when you get on a construction site, it's like a prison yard. You even know what you're talking about or you don't. And they're going to push you down and disrespect you. And if you disrespect them, you're going to get it. So the point is, there's a mentality, which maybe you and I are similar, because I don't have a problem with men. I enjoy working with men and I understand them. So I notice a lot of women, as far as the experiences, they have a thing with men and they act different around men and it's hard for them to communicate. But I took the role as boss easily. Maybe it's because I grew up with a lot of men and I had a strong father, but I didn't have a problem because I was doing the construction all these years even as owner builder before I was licensed naturally because I took charge. So what I can see is the women don't want to do the work. They don't understand about being in charge of men. They don't, it scares them. They want to be us, but they don't know how, or maybe it's just not in their DNA. It's not comfortable. Mm -hmm. They just prefer to be the designer because when you're the designer, you're only one tenth of the project, you know, basically there's so much else going on. So that always bothered me because I want answers how it's built. And, you know, I wanted all the answers because I can't just show up in the middle. I need to know how it's built and what's the schedule. You know what I mean? So I always wanted the big picture. So I kind of naturally fell into it. I noticed that women, there's so many more women because I always encourage women to go into project management because if you don't want to actually swing a hammer, that's one choice or sling drywall or do electrical. That's great. But if you really want to get into the business and have a longer career project management and i see a lot more of that thank god as women and engineering too and architecture there's more absolutely you know just on the personal side do you have any children no what happened is i never got married and thought about it because i had this weird thing where i was you know kind of like engaged when i was 18 and he died so my mom's like you know just yeah i know it's weird my path it was weird So my mom's like, just don't think about marriage. It's not that important. And go to college, get your career and move on. And so I kind of had that in the back of my mind and I never thought about marriage. And then I got happily married when I was 50. How's that? So I, um, yeah, so it was late and it was probably good because I go a thousand miles an hour and I don't think anybody else could have kept up to me. So, you know, (laughs) it sounds like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's awesome. What do you absolutely love about your job? I love helping people and solving problems. And the fact that I have the knowledge and can stand there in front of a client, answer them on the spot, and they can just save thousands of hours and a huge headache. I just like that. It's like a five-star instant gratification service I provide to the client. And I seriously take the stress out of it. I mean, I could meet with someone three times and build their whole house. I've got it down so pat, you know, I got it down. So I just, I like to save people time and headache and just do it efficiently and organize and just take the stress off of them. I mean, I just like giving them that confidence that it's getting done right. Absolutely. I think that that, you know, you probably had to work to that point where people just trust you. But I think that once you do get that and you have somebody else that's like, just let her do her thing. Like, that's my favorite 
line. Yes, exactly. I have a new client now. He's a little nervous, but he's a high level executive. And he looked at me the other day. He goes, I can't see this, but I trust you. I said, good job, because, you know, don't worry. I go, you told me everything about what you need on the first meeting. And I got this. He goes, "Okay, good. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Where do you see yourself going in the next, you know, five years? Do you want to do this forever? Like, what's your plan? Okay, so here's the deal. I turned 60 last year and I told myself I'm going to take this business and explode it. So I want to work 20 years and in the next 10 years, I want to reach, you know, 100 million in sales. I'm serious. And in 2015, I tripled my, I went from 1 million to 5 million in 2015, and now I'm at 10 million. So I want to reach 25 million soon. And if not a hundred, I have this goal to prove a point that me, I can do it efficiently, but as a designer and a builder, the combo platter, I kind of want to prove a point that a one-stop shop's better as an option and then see what I can get accomplished, but I'm going for it. How's that? That's incredible. Oh my gosh. You have to listen to, have you ever heard of Brooke Castillo? No. Okay. She has a podcast. It's called the Life Coach School. And her goal also is a hundred million by 2030. There you go. Right. And like she has a jet and her jet says, let's effing go. (laughs) So that's what I decided. Cause when I turned 60, I'm like, damn. So uh, let's do this because we have the assets like you and me, we have the assets and we can choose our destiny and we have the talent. So why not? And I think helping people is one of my biggest things. And you know, my solution as a one-stop shop is different. No one else offers it. They offer design bill, but you're still dealing with five people. So that is so incredible. What advice, you know, I'm almost 40 and I just kind of am in the first couple of years of this. And I have dreams of going to where, you know, you're headed, but also having, you know, I have three kids and I've been uh-huh. married for 12 years and it is a stressful job. It's not like an easy peasy uh-uh. thing that you do. It's like you're constantly thinking about what you forgot to think about. And yep. <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything that like, just from your wisdom, your experience of advice, you could just offer me on along that path that you've learned? Like, what do you think's worked well for you? Well, what's worked well for me is advertising what makes me different and unique compared to other people. And then solving problems by, if you're working with architects and designers, making sure their plans work before you bid them and investing more time into pre-construction, but also networking with people that are going to excel you and work with you, communicate with the people that are going to take you to the next level. So Mm -hmm. if I build these big custom homes, I got to be cruising the architects that are, so they stop working with the old boys club and maybe hire me instead to do the construction. You know what I mean? Because everybody's got their contractor, but you got to link up with the people that are building the bigger projects, you know, and follow the plans. The plans is where it all starts, but really advertising and marketing, what makes you unique, your clients are your best voice, but I do a lot of marketing on top of it, but your clients are your best voice, but just really target the market you want to go into higher end residentially. And then you get to target architects, you know, who's pulling in the business. Right. Absolutely. Have you had a business coach or anything like that along the way? Oh, yeah. I'm into self-help and therapy books. (laughs) Right? Anybody that is at, you know, your level or anybody that wants goals like that, you have to evolve as a person. Yeah. So here's what I did, because I have like 24 employees at one time, and then I had 20, and then I kind of run the ship like a, you know, 
like an, an army, like a general. I'm very precise and, you know, clean and straightforward and very clear. And I expect people to follow with clear instruction. So what I did is last year, maybe it was a year and a half ago, I got a life coach called Powerhouse, this woman from, I think, Chicago. And uh, first thing we did is analyze what my personality is. Who is me? So mm-hmm. find out your personality and take that test and I'll send it to you. You can take it. It's like three pages long and it tells you which personality. I'm an ENTJ. I'm like 5%. Of, I'm like a general in the army for real. I, there's yeah. only five of us like that. So I'm a real driver and I, I meet my goals. So I found out what my personality test was. And then I found out what everybody else's was. And then we learned to work together because you got to work with their personality because my secret was I always knew the other people's personalities because I'm good at reading people and understanding people. So I always work with my people's and personalities, but I never analyzed mine. I just knew I was an A-type personality. and super <laughs> I just knew I was psycho. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. It's not my sister, you know, yes, I know. And devil. there's you not, know. there's not many people like <laughs> you and me. Do you know Joan Barton down there? In no, LA. I have don't. to look these people up because I forgot. Oh my, my gosh. Head, so head she's a, she owns Dirty Girl Construction and she's down in LA. Oh. Um, she is been in the industry just as long as you have. And oh, she's incredible. Nice. I think you guys should meet. I need meet. to know her. I need to know yeah. her. Reach out to her for me. Oh my God. Yeah. Joan Barton. She's incredible. You guys would, she does exactly what you do. She's a general contractor I and she's, it. Down at, yeah, her company's Dirty Girl Construction, and she's she's just like you. Like, I like when, when I met her, I was like, when you meet people like you that are those driver types, you're like, oh my gosh, like you're somebody. Yeah, no, I didn't. Even, I you just like my, rarely meet I people like that. I didn't even know I had an A type personality till I was like, you know, later in life. I, then I didn't. I didn't know I was a salesman until I was thirty, and I didn't know how I was an A type personality till I was like forty. Because then I started taking those tests, and they bang, bang, bang. <laughs> But then you just have to ask my sister. She calls me a bulldozer. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So any, so powerhouse, what did, so she took, she helped you with your personality test. Yes. And then like, where did she take you from there to try to help you run? Because I think probably the hardest part for people like me and possibly you is we expect so much of ourselves oh. that it's so hard yes. to ex- yes. to manage people because they're never at our level, and they're I feel never, like, and then, and then you get angry. So yes, so upset the thing all is, the time. <laughs> so, yes, so then I had all the employees take a questionnaire of how they thought my management style was, and then we analyzed that, and then we toned me down a couple notches, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, and then I got a girl next to me that can handle me saying F- every five minutes, and then yeah. other than that, but then the rest I got to tone it down, and and you just be normal. And then we do quarterly reviews and keep everybody in check. So they are doing their job, but the pile driver, I can't do it to everybody. So but what it is, is we just came up with a softer approach of management style by just, I just keep myself very clear by putting everything in writing in an email and then give people time to catch up and follow up. But it's really about analyzing yourself and then your employees and then getting their feedback so that you can tweak a little bit because it's nothing better than just everybody just wants clear instruction and then and how to be successful and how to be successful. And then you, you know, and then you and do bonuses and compensation. Cause when I hired about three new people this last year, I'm in the process of training these people to catch up to my level. It's never going to happen, but you know, I am going to train <laughs> them so that they're a better project manager than any other project manager, but they're never going to know as much as I know. Cause right. I'm 60. Yeah. So yeah, I've been doing yeah. a long time. I know. Yeah. 
That, so, well, I, I love it. And I so appreciate you taking the time in the midst of your little hairdo situation. <laughs> yeah, the gray. the gray. Can't have that. Yeah, no gray. We decided no gray forever. Okay. Is there any, are you a reader? Do you like to read? I'm a reader, but I don't have time lately. I love reading and I, but I don't have time. So I just kind of skim things and uh, glance at things, but I am a reader. Yes. Is there any book that you've like read or a podcast or anything that you listened to recently that you felt worth sharing? You know, it's so funny because I'm so been working so much on, you know, building the company and training people. So I've been focusing on outlining exactly what each person does and how Mm -hmm. we can improve it based on their personality. And if we need anybody else, we would basically fine tuning each individual person. And I've been taking the time to write out everything again, what I do all day long, what everybody else does. So we can really fine tune it. So I'm in the middle of that right now. Just like documenting processes and organizational charts and just really cleaning up the kind of like the foundation of the business, which I think when you grow so fast, it gets out of control and you're like, why aren't you doing your job? And they're like, because I don't know my jo- what my job is. <laughs> yes, and that's where we're at right now because I'm trying to smooth it out because I like to run real fast and everybody has a checklist to complete. So as long as they do the checklist and I got that all done now, so we're kind of fine tuning that. But I always listen to motivational people and anything uplifting, just so you know. And But I'm into organization like crazy. So yeah. I have to have organization, but I mean... Not that I, you know, listen to Tony Robbins or something, but, you know, I like if I did come across something motivational, that's what I like people to listen to because there's always hope because it's about learning, learning and improving. We're doing it every day, all day long. It's always, you know, always room for improvement. Absolutely. Is there and any... never, and never enough kindness because life is hard. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I was listening to a podcast this morning, Justin Donnell, and he's a lifestyle, he's like teaches lifestyle investments. And he was interviewing this man, his last name was Christensen. I can't remember his first name right now, but he was talking about creating your core family values. And I was like writing them down and he does like rites of passage with his children at certain ages and does these extensive, really, it was really cool. And I just started like writing down, like, I'm like, what do I want to teach my children most? And like, number one was just be kind. I just want them to be kind. There you go. (laughs) I think I learned that too, because it makes me cry when I see people being abused or mistreated, you know, Mm -hmm. young people or elderly. I always had a problem with that. I I know I must, my parents were good parents because I have these values and it's amazing. Yes, it's valuable. And that's really compassion and empathy, you know, because you never know what the other person's going through. And don't do drugs. And don't do drugs. (laughs) Yeah, don't do drugs. I always tell my kids, hugs, not drugs. (laughs) They're like, oh gosh, mom. Okay, well, I would love if we could continue our friendship. We need to get together. We need to get together and have a phone call because I didn't even realize and you kind of came out of nowhere. So let's actually get a phone call going. Let's do some networking and let's set up a meet and greet. I would love that more than anything. Thank you so much, Julie. You're incredible. And you are, I I hope that more people just get to know who you are because I think you're just, you know, kind of setting the stage for so many women in the industry and what they can achieve. Well, that's my goal because I wrote a book and it's being shopped about my story. And my really mission is to leave a legacy and be a trailblazer for other women and don't be afraid to step your toe into construction because you're in it halfway as an architect, as a designer. Mm-hmm. Just take that next step. Absolutely. It's only one little baby step and then you're there. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, why stand next to it when you can step into it? Yeah. And, What's um, the name of your be, book? Well, it you're in the middle of it, or yeah, what you... I changed the name now to you know badass memoir, whatever. But uh, it was about how to avoid a nightmare remodel, and then it turned into a memoir. So we changed the title uh, last year after COVID. So but, it's out and it's published. No, it's not. It's being shopped to the publishers because you know there there was some resistance about an all female in charge. <laughs> They don't, they don't understand it. They don't get it. I don't fit in any boxes as the female contractor. Uh, and I don't want, and I don't want to be in a box and I'm sure you no. don't either. No, I know there's not enough of us, so they don't get it. And so we just change it to a memoir of my life as it came into being a contractor. So it's being shopped and, uh, you know, well, when it's ready, I want to purchase many copies. So you yes. have to send You'll, it to me. Yes. And it's all about inspiring women. Cause it's, life's tough. I've been through a lot, you know, it's, it wasn't easy. But I, I don't, but it's fun. <laughs> right. And you learned and you want to share. Yeah. And I love, I love yes. that you're not just keeping that information to yourself. Oh, no, I'm sharing. I went through a lot of crap personally and uh, professionally and uh, all the crap women go through, you know, it, it makes me laugh at the end because I have a lot of, uh, you know, pride in surviving. I'm a survivor. Absolutely. That's, that's just incredible, Julie. Thank you so much for, for yes. being with us. And we'll make all of this go live for you and I'll share it with you. And I just so appreciate you. And I know if I need any help or have questions. Yes, call me anytime. Call me anytime and we can swap stories because when I need to vent my workers, I can't do it to them anymore. (laughs) I know that's against the rules. Somebody told me that too. Like quit complaining to one employee about another. I'm like, oh I know. (laughs) Oh, you have to watch it because then they hang up and they say, Are you talking about me that way too? Because you know you gotta watch it. Yeah, because yeah. I have to vent sometimes, but when you're training like two or three people at one time, you just get frustrated. You know, it's my A-type personality, but we can vent to each other and that would be healthier. <laughs> Absolutely. You can you can call me and say the F word as many times as you want, okay? Thank you. That's how I stay, uh, <laughs> that's how I stay looking so young and don't have gray. Just kidding. My hair dyed. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Julie. Have an amazing day. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining me today on the She Build Show. My name is Stephanie Olson. My hope is that this episode leaves you feeling empowered and ready to boldly take that step into building the life that you envision, one, two by four at a time. And if you can do me a quick favor, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I get giddy over reading the reviews each week, and I will choose one special person to win some SheBuild swag. Make sure you add your name to the review, and I'll reach out if you're the winner. Thanks again for hanging out. Be sure to visit me at thesheBuildShow.com where you can ask me questions and share with me what you're building.